You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This is stuck. Our second season. Yay! It's lunchtime and you've come out of a morning full of meetings and you're stuck with a plate full of problems that you don't know how to solve. No worries. We got you. I'm Damian Bazadana from Situation. And I'm Rochelle Pereira from Equilibrium. And when it comes to workplace problems, I'm usually by the book. And I'm typically from the gut. I've been a leadership consultant and an executive coach for more than 15 years. And I spent the last 18 years building a marketing company. And together, we want to help you get unstuck. Our producers, Katie, Peter, and Stephanie, get all kinds of weird and wonderful questions from listeners ranging from college students with internships to seasoned professionals looking to take their companies to the next level. They get the lowdown in advance and then present the questions to us, giving us only five minutes to think about it before we weigh in. Now, these are not edited or research responses. They're instinctual and based on our experiences. So let's get started. We got contacted by Matt who didn't actually tell us what industry he's in, but uh, he's been at his company for over 10 years. And quite frankly, he's stuck because he's kind of bored out of his mind. Um, He feels guilty admitting this to himself because he feels like he's capable of doing a lot more at his job. Um, And he's talked about this with his boss uh, and, and his boss kind of supports giving him new projects to work on. But every time they talk about it, nothing really concrete materializes out of that. Um, you know, so day to day, he finds himself watching the clock, counting down the minutes until he can leave for the day. He doesn't want to quit because he's comfortable and quite frankly, he has bills to pay, but he's really looking for help on what he can do to kind of reinvigorate his sense of, uh, purpose at his job. Is there any sense of why he's been there 10 years? Aside from getting a paycheck, he he's, must like something about it. He he's very competent in his job. He's got skills that that he does his job very well, and his boss basically appreciates the work that he's doing. And and kind of slow and steady is, is he brings value to his company, but he just feels like he's been there and he's done that. Okay. And has he applied for other things and not gotten it? Do you get any sense of? You know where he is in that. No, he he seems to feel like he comes up with a lot of great ideas, but he's having trouble with the follow through on things that he can do 
like uh, at his current position to kind of maybe new initiatives, or he's not being supported in those those new initiatives beyond the idea phase. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. All right, I, I've got like four things written down here, Rochelle. Um, I think this is a very interesting question. Um, I'm, we were making a whole, I personally am making a whole bunch of assumptions as I'm putting together sort of a framework of some advice I would give back, which is kind of why I have these four different directions because I'm not sure which of my assumptions is correct, but I would love for you to start. This, I sort of get a little heady about this kind of question because I'm, you know, in my head I'm like, well, is it his responsibility? Is it the organization's responsibility, you know, to ignite uh-huh. his yeah. passion? Is it too much to expect that a job or an employer can be fulfilling for 10 years? Mm-hmm. In fact, Katie and I were just talking about this the other day. It was like, uh, there are so many things that are not fulfilling after a certain amount of time. There's an expiration date on like your milk in your fridge and your <laughs> bread on your table. You know, so it's like, isn't there an expiration date on a job? I don't think so. What? I don't think so. Because it's a relationship, not necessarily a job. It depends how you view it. If, well, it's, if your job is a set of tasks, then there's an expiration date on it. If your job is an environment of relationships, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think relationships grow, have unlimited potential for growth. How can your relationships change your tasks? How can your re- Well, your relationships can clearly evolve what your tasks ultimately are. Do you know what I mean? Like if he's in a, it's just like anything of, you know, you start at a job doing certain tasks and as you grow, you move to leadership and you grow, you move to the next level. I think that, I don't know. I think that that's a natural progression of a job and your relationship with the employer. I agree. If the same, I don't, I would imagine, listen, if the person has been there for a decade, I'm, again, I'm making it a whole bunch of assumptions. The person has been there for a decade and they are making good money and there's no, they're not being pushed out at all. They're probably pretty good at their job. They're competent in what they do, as Peter had opened up the, some of the questions with. He, he referenced that point. They're competent at what they do. They're getting raises every year. They're making good money doing it. So I, I don't know. I feel like they're, gro- they're already kind of they're good at what they do and they're growing in their job. So I don't know. I don't know. But if you're hired to be a copy editor yeah. and you've been doing copy editing for 10 years, yeah. Yeah, you can have a great relationship with your boss and your coworkers, and you can be getting your 3% raise every year or whatever it might yeah. be, right? But at the end of the day, you're still writing copy. And if your job doesn't fundamentally change, then I can see how that can be pretty, pretty boring. I res- no, I agree with that. But I think what – I just feel like most jobs ultimately change over time or evolve. So, it's, again, we're, I, I agree with you. From that point of view, I agree. I can understand how that would be an issue. But I just don't. I, but the way, what the other way, I was kind of looking at this question. I was like, well, how do we know that the the outside of the, this person's job, like, like maybe the real issue is they're completely uninspired once they leave the workplace. Yeah. And they're putting a lot of burden on the idea of, well, my job's not giving me enough fulfillment. It's like, well, wait a minute. You've been there ten years. You're making more and more money. You feel like you're competent and you're good at it. There's something you're getting out of that job, and I feel like you're look. I, that's why I'm like, why would you be there ten years? And if you're, and they're not just calling it in because if they were calling it in, most likely they would have been terminated by now because the employer would go, you're not inspired, you're not growing. Because employers are mindful of someone who's been there for 10 years doing the same job. Yes and no. Okay, so I had a conversation with another client um, just this week, and she was in a sim- she's the manager of basically this kind of person. And she says, I don't even want to develop this person 
because there's nowhere for them to go. And I don't have any extra money for them other than the annual mm-hmm. inflation raise. So she's like, I don't want to have the same conversation again and again and again to say, how do you want to grow? And then for them, for there to be nowhere for this person to grow. So she's she quite literally said to me on the phone, she was like, I don't want to do a development plan for this person. Yeah, but that's a horrible manager. I know she's not. She's like, I don't want to set this person up for their expectations not to be met. She's not a horrible manager. Yeah, but define growth. Define if you can't think of a development plan, if you're only thinking about it in the sense of just either I can't give you more money, but hey, maybe I can give you more time. Maybe I can help you diversify your skill set. Maybe I can work you towards another title that gives you more value and equity from once you leave here. It's one-dimensional to say I can't give you a development plan or grow. Uh, just because I just don't see it right in front of me. I think that's, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, and to be fair, when I was on the phone with her, I essentially said the same thing as you, which is I how, it. well, you know, so I, I get, I agree with you, but I also empathize with the spot that she's in and the spot that he's in. And one of the things that I know is a bias of my own is that I think, I genuinely believe you spend half your life at work, more than half your life at work, so your work should be totally fulfilling because yeah. otherwise you're missing this a massive opportunity to live your life to the fullest. But I have been challenged by that bias time and time again by people who are very close to me too to say I don't, work is like a thing yeah. that's a part yeah. of my life and it doesn't need to be fulfilling. It just needs to pay me so I can live the life that I really want to live. Yeah. And that's not like on a yacht. That's just, you know, paying <laughs> yes, my bills. You know, so it's... <laughs> So, you know, I'm this is why I get in my head about it because I'm like what is fulfillment? What is growth? You know, and w- you know, I so one of the things that Katie and I oftentimes talk about with clients is doing personal development planning. So just into your point about what is your life outside of work and what is your life inside of work and thinking about 5 years from now, what are the things that you would really want to feel most fulfilled and looking at that in a full, you know, circle kind of capacity of your relationships, where you're living, what you're doing, what you're what you're spending your time doing, your hobbies, your travel, your salary, your job responsibilities, and even things like what's your greatest achievement and what is the greatest learning that you've had and really getting them to think about 5 years and then whittling that back to 1 year. We've done you've done yeah, that we, with me. We've, you and yeah, I have yes, done that. Yeah. Yes. So it's like trying to think about Beyond just the workplace, what yeah. else is fulfilling? So that is, you know, that is a technique that we've used with people to help and spark some motivation, internal motivation. I, well, that was one of my piece of feedback is that if everything, if our wardering is down to one core piece of feedback, I do think that's an excellent exercise. And I had kind of just wrote down the point of get a personal coach or and or see if you can engage your boss to tell them you kind of want to go through this exercise. Uh, depends on what their comfort level is with their employer. But I do think there's there, – there, we've got this type of question all the time. They've been in a job – it's almost like a midlife career crisis, a mid, you know, midlife crisis in their career itself or a job role, and people are beginning to questioning it. I, I'm just hard-pressed believe someone's at a job for 10 years, and they just kind of feel like I'm just walking around and waiting for the clock to, to tick, to, to you know, just to get out of there. There's so much between the lines that we just really don't know, except for me to believe that there's a reason that they're still there. And I don't think it's that they, and maybe it is they need a kick in the ass to get out of there. Maybe they just need another form of perspective of how to look at it. Maybe it's their personal life, not really their professional life. Uh, one, the, other, the other piece of advice I would extend on that is just meet other people. Like I do feel like it's important to get out into environments that are maybe related to your job, 
even starting there, relating to the career that you're in and go to like, uh, whether it's like work sessions or meetups or things like that, and just surround yourself around other inspiration. I think the best path for, best path for growth is to surround yourself around people who are in that mode. Yeah, and I think it, that's yeah. really good advice. Because, I mean, as much as, you, you know, you're saying we're reading a lot, you know, so many things in between the lines, I would argue that this is about 80% of the workforce. Yeah. So I say this is yeah. super common. Um, and I love the idea of get out of your own head and meet other people and talk about what they do and, you know, involve yourself at that level because it will open up opportunities yeah. for this person. You know, I was actually just speaking to somebody else recently who had been in their job for eight years, left, went somewhere else. And she said, she was like, there's a whole world outside of that organization that I had forgotten about, yeah. you know, and it's that awakening that you it's not all about this one job in this one organization. And there are other things out there that could also be fulfilling, mm -hmm. you know? So it's meeting other people, I think, breaks through some of that fear. Yeah. Uh, the, the last point I'd made here, because it was interesting in the question where he said the point of, well, I need a paycheck. It's kind of like I, and, and my, as I'm filling through those gaps, I'm, my feeling is, um, it, is it time to check your expenses? Because the other, the other scenario, which I've seen play out before, is they're competent, they might have a specific skill set, they've been somewhere 10 years, they actually get paid very well. And they've created a lifestyle around living pretty well around that paycheck. And all of a sudden you feel stuck because you essentially have a lifestyle that's now based around a salary that's not necessarily always transferable. If you've been somewhere 10 years, sometimes you escalate. Sometimes you actually make more than what your title warrants because you've been somewhere 10 years. So you can't just easily laterally move to another organization. So all of a sudden you're like, I, my lifestyle forces me to make this kind of money. And sometimes I think there's an internal reflection to say, well, can I adjust my lifestyle so I can take some of this burden of this financial check off my, the financial needs off my shoulders to then give me more flexibility? Yeah. Because they may actually, there is a chance that they actually truly do hate their job and that they're there simply because the, they need the money, which yeah. is the worst. And I mean, and, and I know that we're running out of time, but I think it also depends on the age of this, this person. Because yeah. if, for instance, if they're in the millennial category, they probably have a ton of college loans that they're paying yeah, off yeah. that are non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it, it depends on where they are in their career stage as to how flexible those, um, you know, those those bills or expenses may be. But I'd say we're, we're urging this person to uh, reflect on what it is that they would like. Uh, for fulfilling life, with five help. years, with help, five years, one year, then thinking about what are some actions that he could take. And then secondly, meet people, okay. get out of his head. Totally agree. Right. Cool. If you liked this episode, please rate it on Apple Podcasts or leave us a comment or share it with somebody you think is stuck. This helps us reach listeners who could benefit from these conversations. And if you'd like your own question answered, go to our website, stuckpod.com, to submit a question. Stuck is created by Equilibrium and Situation. It is produced by the wonderful Katie Byrne, Peter Ujicic, and Stephanie Connors. Big shout out to Miratone Studios for putting up with us again. Our theme music is Rockstar by Owen Mulcahy. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org, because only together we rise.